This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 523, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Podcast, episode 523. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. And we are iFanboy, and we like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite book. We call that the Pick of the Week. We'll talk about that book, other books, do some other fun stuff. It's all about having fun, guys. Well. It's all about having fun. Fun is important. Have as much fun as you can. Ooh. Have a good time. That's it. All the time. <laughs> Here's a spoiler <laughs> warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers, so exercise some caution in between the old jokes. Like a <laughs> spoiler there. This week, Josh had the pick. I did. <clears throat> and uh, the pick was Power Man and Iron Fist number one. Yes. It was All right. Uh, Good yeah. job. Good show. See you next week, guys. All right. I, I, <laughs> good fellas minutes. I liked this comic book. It was fun to read, and the art was good. Yeah. Next. Yep. That, that's that really it, is. It sums it right up, really. Because, I, like, because like, like, this book this book really uh, touched on, like, like, you didn't need to know anything. Nope. You didn't need, like, it didn't, it, didn't seem, it didn't seem to be affected by Secret Wars. It just looked really good. All right, I'm sorry, you talk about it. That, I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. And because of all of that, I guess, lack of needing anything else, anything around it, any structure, it was just, all oh, right, these two characters, I haven't read them together for a while. Oh, they're fun to watch together. They've each got a, a point of view. Um, one of them does. One of them is uh, getting too old for this shit. Uh, <laughs> it very um, much, of, very much was that, wasn't it? Yeah. One of them is super keen, and he's not listening to the other one. He's the you know, <laughs> use a tenure. He's the Sean William Scott right. of the situation. I mean, like it is. It's role models. It's Paul Rudd, Sean William Scott. That's what this is. Uh, with uh, Luke Cage and and um, Danny Rand. And, uh, you know, I don't know where Heroes for Hire and uh, Luke Power Man and Iron Fist left off. It doesn't really matter. It's a thing they used to do. We know that Luke Cage is married to Jessica Jones and they have a baby now who should be a teenager at this point. Let's just well, be honest. She's not a, I guess she's a no, toddler here. No, yeah, at least, at least maybe in preschool. No, that baby's been around for at least 10 years. Nine That's years. Okay. Yeah, right. Doesn't matter. It's, it's not really a big deal. Uh, but also at the same time, it was all that like. But it was definitely a new take on these characters. I think the last time I spent any significant time with Iron Fist, um, I guess he was in Avengers a little bit, but it was yeah. that Matt Fraction, uh, Brubaker run. Uh, a very, a very serious. Uh, yeah. Fist. Yeah. 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 And here, I mean, Linky, you know, you could, you could have changed his name to Clint Barton in this and changed the outfit and. It would have been old Hawkeye. He really could have. He's the Chihuahua in the t- of the group, right? He yeah. he really he really wants to get Power Man and Iron Fist back together as a team. Luke Cage wants none of that nonsense. Uh, but, but Danny Rand but, is not giving up, and he's he just keeps going. So one of the things that I do like is that um, th- there's no like we don't like each other. 
No, totally. Like they keep saying, like Luke Cage is much like, no, I like him. He's he's my best friend. I really care about, him, but we're not doing that thing again. So we don't have to deal with the they used to like each other and now he's angry at him thing because I I don't I don't I wouldn't have wanted to read that. So you know, there's just a thing they've got to do. He doesn't really want to do the dual superhero thing anymore, but they're still friends and that's cool. So uh, their old receptionist, who has I guess there's a backstory there, has just gotten out of prison. Um, and she asked them for help on a thing, uh, and then basically it turns out there is more than it seems uh, to what's happened. But uh, in the pursuit of that thing, they go visit Tombstone, um, and then there's a big fight. Yep. And uh, that's what story is. It's it's really fun and loose, and uh, you know, just out of all of the sort of superhero comics that I've been reading, I was like, oh, this is this is a good time. I was really enjoying it. And then so uh, take away all that, and I think. Uh, the art was some of my favorite this week. That was the Sanford Green art. Is uh, was a big surprise for me, I guess. Uh, in that, you know, like the, there was basically a redesign on the characters, and it didn't. You know, th- you know, we we see so many redesigns that make them look like the TV show or the whatever realistic version. Of, you know, everything that's happened in redesigning and change, making them look like the movies or like the TV shows or whatever, and they're always awful. And this redesign, like, it almost brought them back in time a little bit. And it was great. I was really was really having fun with that. Like Luke Cage, you know, he, he has a different sort of shape about him. He's, he's this giant bulky character with a big neck and, and now he's got a beard and a bald head. Um, and, you know, and, and the Iron Fist costume is a little, it's almost more retro-y. It's a little tracksuit-y. Yeah. It's got I, the I can think of it like a tracksuit, yeah. Yeah, it's like purple with, with racing stripes. Um, it was really, like, it was just really fun to read. It was fun to look at. Like if you watch the facial acting that's going on here, mm-hmm. um, the stuff that's going on, and it, you know the the action scenes, all of a sudden they kind of explode. Um, you know what it kind of reminds me of is uh, an artist named Kagan McLeod. Uh, yes, yes. Infinite Kung Fu. And he did, uh, and he's and he's doing Captara uh, with uh, yes. with Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah. There's a touch of that which I really like. Really nice loose lines and sort of big shapes and things are bulky. There's a, a cartooniness that's that's really fun. Um, you know, I had a I had a great time reading it. Lee Lowridge on on color is uh is a great colorist. So sort of like yeah. those yellows, and are are popping all over the place in this. Those are the things that stand out in this. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I, yeah. I thought, I thought the the look of this was really really good because it, yeah you're, yeah definitely it's Kagan McCloudy. Sanford Green is somebody who I've had an eye on. Actually, Rick Remender pointed Sanford Green out to me a couple of years ago, um, and we all know how good of an eye Rick has. You Very know, good artist. Um, and so he's somebody I've been keeping my eye on, and and it's this this look just this look just look great. I mean, it just like um, super kinetic, you know, kinetic, even like even the like just sitting in the diner talking to each other panels are like kind of alive with detail and like a little bit of Kagan McCloud, a little bit of Rob Guillory. A okay. little bit of yeah, you know, like in terms of just like really filling the panels with stuff to look at, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, um, I, it was just appropriate for the story and yeah. the characters. Like it was the, yeah. the the art was the right tone for what was written, and and yeah. it was a really nice mesh. Look at that yeah. panel when the fight really goes off yeah. in Tombstone's office, and it's, it's the canted angle, and it's just there's absolute chaos. And right. you know, Luke Cage's got five guys on him, and there's just debris everywhere because people are fighting in a tiny room. Not only that, though, but as we lead up to it, you're absolutely right. But as we lead up to it, all of the three or four pages that go up to that are heightening tension. Like we're yep. close, we're getting closer and closer to the faces. We see, like, like there's literally a bunch of reaction shots that are all that, like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, that moment before it jumps off. And uh, <laughs> you know, Iron Fist didn't say anything. He didn't even he say didn't. anything. 
It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Not actually, like, like, well, again, though, it's another trope that the one guy who's excited walks in and somebody says, don't say anything. And the guy can't not do it. But in this, he didn't do it. <laughs> followed instructions and it still didn't matter and I, I don't know I, I just like I'm not going to tell you there was anything that, that you know blew me away was breaking the mold or whatever it was just a super fun comic book and I, you know sort of the nicest experience out of the 20 pages that I had this week I yeah. like the recurring gag of every time they're outside just everyone has their phones out taking photographs that <laughs> happened every time they, they went anywhere just everyone's taking photographs I like the guy the selfie stick yeah, um, yeah so they're, just, they're just everywhere it's going on now you know, De Bendis brought Luke Cage back to prominence with Avengers, and he did a great job. And he made Luke Cage one of my favorite characters yeah. during that run. And I'm not going to disparage that, but there is a certain bit of authenticity to have a black creative team on yeah. the Power Man and Iron Fist book, where the dialogue felt very natural. Um, is it a black creative team? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so that, in that sense, Luke Cage's voice sounded very natural, sort of tombstones. So, mm-hmm. again, not to knock Bendis at all, but this felt very real. In terms of the the way the characters, at least Luke Cage in particular, was written. Um, yeah, I like the authenticity of it. I love the art. Uh, I love the dynamic between. I mean, that one panel I talked about really does some of the dynamic. You know, it's uh, it, mm-hmm. Iron Fist saying, "Isn't this awesome?" And Luke going, "Not at all." Yeah, but he's guys, still he's still doing it. You know, and, and, I, and I really and I, I really like the 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 story point of you know the receptionist who went to prison for killing her. You know, for the, you got a sense of something that happened and. You know, I'm not big on my heroes for higher history. You know, these aren't those aren't characters that I, you know, that that I, that I know every story and have been reading for so long. So I don't know if this is something that they've invented for this story or or calling back to something back, you know, years ago. Um, Doesn't matter. But, but it doesn't matter. But I yeah. love the fact that 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 it could be a link to the past, and I don't need to know it. But it gets us. You get a sense of legacy. You get a sense of responsibility. Um, and you know the, the, that character making the, the the twist at the end uh, made a lot of sense within this first issue. You know, like they, it was they you know nailed all the themes to make that count. Yeah, exactly. They kept yeah. saying we're doing this for family. We don't want to do it again. And they're both like, yeah, but of course we have to. So right. when that happens, there really is ugh, like you don't yeah, want to. But, that, but, but then also, I get I get her point of view. Like, so long story short is that she's their receptionist, and I guess she had uh, she got possessed and killed her boyfriend or something happened, and and went to prison and was in prison for years, and and then she gets out, and Power, Power Man and Iron Fist are there to you know to pick her up when she gets out because she's family, and they say whatever we can do for you and all that sort of stuff, and then they get to the end of it, and she's like, yeah. They kept on saying family and you know so so why did family let me rot in prison for eight years you know like and that that's like wow that's yeah that's a that's a very valid point you know (laughs) so um you know it it, it definitely had it definitely had weight to it and it felt it it didn't feel random or out of out of of nowhere like and it felt earned so yeah this is yeah that's earned is totally yeah so uh you see the page with a selfie stick yes i did that's ron in the background there (laughs) no it's not I know it's not because you don't know these guys. But yeah. I was like, if it, is, I'm still I'm looking really, at it. if it is, I'm really impressed. But yeah. yeah, that's Ron over there. Look at your dad on the left. <laughs> Good stuff. Good and stuff. Your sister, actually. It's yeah, my whole family. Oh my God, wow. <laughs> that would be great, by the way, to read a comic by people you don't know at all and spot your entire family in a panel. Great <laughs> or weird? Really weird. Well, great for me. Yeah. So, uh, starve. Number six came out, and I was excited. Were we just, weren't we just wondering where this was? Yes. It, yeah. took, it took a little chapter break. Yeah. And, uh, Fair enough. What I love about this book, besides the fact that I'll just look at a, a Daniel Zegge art 
book, no matter what the subject matter is. Colored by Dave Stewart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, I don't really, I love the story, but it really doesn't matter what the story is at this point because I love just looking at the pages. But I also love that this book is basically about a chef. And yeah. I know that they, they, it started off with some sort of genre tropes of a sort of a economically post-apocalyptic world. Right, in a uh, world. Post-economic apocalypse world and this this cooking show that also includes a lot of violence. But now it's sort of like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to go open a restaurant. And so now this, I don't know if that's going to last, but I love the idea that this book could just become about a chef with his restaurant. They buttoned up everything. Yeah. Like I felt like I had missed an issue, but not necessarily in a bad way. I felt like we got like a little jump. Right. And something, and basically everything just got buttoned up from the first series. And now we're going to do a different thing. But we're, you know, we know what ground we're standing on. Right. I just love the audacity of doing that. Yeah. If that's what, in fact, they're going to do is let's learn about him opening up a restaurant. Let's yeah. See what that's like, and see how long that lasts. <laughs> in a in a gritty fried chicken place. Right. So I, I, I really I, like this book. I, I yeah. I'm I don't want to say I'm surprised by it, but I am surprised that like every time it comes out, I'm like, oh, that book. I I look forward to it, and that is something special at this point because there's a lot of books. Um, so the fact that it took a little while, that's fine. It came back and it, but you're not kidding about that art. Like there's a, there's a real, I've seen lots of books about cooking and food and stuff like this, but I think that this might be one of my favorites in the way that he draws like the food items and then the prep. If you look when he's sort of working on that crab, like it's not totally clear what the parts are, but you get the sense of sort of how they feel there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. It's funny, yeah. No, I totally understand what you're saying, and that, and I agree. And and just this past weekend, I actually finally found a time to uh, read the new uh, Get Jiro, the second graphic novel that Anthony yep. Bord- Anthony Bourdain and Joel Rose, and with art by Ali Garza. Um, and this one, you know, and I enjoyed the first Get Jiro. You know, another, you know, Bourdain, of course, being a chef and all that sort of stuff. Um, and this second volume was like kind of the character, the Jiro character's um, origin, and it just really wasn't good. Like it really, it really just fell flat, and I couldn't help but as I read that about like at least three or four points as I'm reading that hardcover, I'm like, oh man, Starve is so much better than this. Starve is so much better than this. like like Starve is doing it right, you know. And so uh, you know, it's nice to see them, uh, um, uh, you know, kind of back back and and with the same momentum they had in the first five issues. It's a great uh, book. Yeah, right. Really yeah. I mean, yeah. if you look back on what books we talked about, the writers we've praised, you've got to put Brian Wood. Up in the conversation of, of our top twenty, oh yeah, writers of the last ten years. Yeah, absolutely. Not yeah. even that. I think there's an arc to his work where he comes out, he makes a big splash. This is a long time ago, and then he does stuff that's sort of hit or miss for a while. He's trying to figure out what it is, and then at some point in the last five to eight years, we'll say like he just got it, like his yeah. his his skill set got complete, and so what he comes out with is gonna be. Like there's going to be a certain level of quality to it, yeah. Which we've seen over and over from I guess from Northlanders forward. There's been a, you know everything that's come in the DMZ. I guess is probably the other yeah. sort of point. But like he really, I don't know if that's when he finished his ten thousand hours or what. But you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, lots of really solid work. Even if you're not necessarily interested in the in the subject matter, you know, like right. just. Like when Rebels yeah. came out, we're like, oh, look at this thing. And then like, oh, this is really, really good. You know, and Starve again and good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Cool. Um, I wanted to bring up Uncanny Human, uh, Uncanny Inhumans number five. Um, if you remember, 
uh, before we had uh, through four was an arc with uh, Steve McNiven art, and they were trying to rescue um, their son, Black Bolt's son, and and Medusa's son from Kang, and it was a big old battle in time with Kang and Kang. Kang, Kang, and and I and <laughs> issue five uh, no longer has Steve McNiven. It has Brandon Peterson, which is fine. Steve McNiven isn't going to do it forever. It looks very different. And it would appear uh, that Black Bolt has opened some sort of exclusive club just out off of Grand Central Station. He's Rick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, Everybody you comes that? to Black Bolts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what I think. Like it was kind of interesting, but it's a completely different book than it was in the last issue. It's not. Well, it's still well, Chuckle Right. The arc ended, and the, you know now they're done with that adventure. They saved the sun. And I know, but it's a whole like it's it's. There's not even any of whatever was happening. There was a big battle and adventure kind of thing going on, and now it's he's running a club that that will work as a neutral ground for everybody. And the idea is he guarantees that whatever goes on in there, he will keep the peace because he's Black Bolt and he can say stop it and everything will blow up. Um, including his club and Grand Central so, Station. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think the club's, in, the club's in Grand Central Station, like the Oyster Bar. Um, someone needs to talk to the to the Inhumans seriously about their tailoring. I yeah. These awful suits with the white stripes need, need to stop. I don't understand why the son, whose name I cannot remember, saved my life, uh, is somewhat estranged from Black Bolt, but they've decided to get matching suits. I don't. I don't quite get that. Yeah, I I will say like, like it wasn't bad and it is an interesting concept, but it feels like the, such summer, the, the which, sun is a hurra, a hurra. Which right. that's why I don't remember it because he's, it throws me hell off. He's gonna go work on the Starship Enterprise next. The next where's time. that? There's that thing in his ear. Yeah, he it just like it was bad. All right, the sun. Okay, he's just a kid. It's a bad fashion choice. But then Black Bolt comes out, and he's wearing the same kind of suit, and got the his his tuning fork on his forehead and a weird headband. And it's just like. Yeah, we need to sit down and have a serious discussion. You're in Manhattan, for God's sakes. Let's get. I actually fashion. like. I like the art. I don't think I have a problem with the art. I was. I, I think have a problem with the art. I just did their. their no, I know. I think I was really enjoying the <laughs> art before, so I was like, "Where do you go?" And it's just a different. It's a, a different kind of style. They've got like these really crisp edges, and the characters tend to stand out. That might be more to do with production than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I, I I wanted it to be. Like all the elements are here. It just—it's a different. I, you know what it is? I, I think I wanted more Kang. I was like, we're done with Kang. You got, you, got a, you got you got a taste of the Kang, and then you can't, now have, you, you can't now do you Kang every week, every month. You get yeah. sick of Kang. I don't think I. Well, I don't, I don't see how that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I gotta say, a, if I'm if I'm Johnny Storm. Not feeling too good about the fact that Medusa wore a very plunging dress to go see her ex-husband. He's, you know, he's seen all that. Yeah, but it's, it's too late. He's seen it all. <laughs> Speaking of old, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, but not as much as the first arc. But I did. I still. Did yeah, it. and it's kind of I. I enjoy. Like I, I, I have nothing wrong with it. I had fun reading it, but I was like, oh, I, I don't know if I was ready with that other thing. But you know, let's do, let's okay, Casablanca. Now, see how let's that goes. Move along. Fair enough. Terrible suits. <laughs> All right. So uh, also also out this week was uh, I Hate Fairyland number five from Scotty Young uh, with colors by uh, Fre- uh, Jean-François Bellieu. Bellieu. 
Um, this is the last issue of the first story arc on this, and I thought Scotty completely nailed it. Like, stuck the landing. Um, it was a good ending. It was a very, very good ending. And, I, and honestly, I was a little concerned because I felt as if the last couple of issues were kind of meandering. You know, because, you know, if, you, if you're not reading I Hate Fairyland, the whole premise of this is this little girl, Gert, gets stuck in Fairyland and she's there for 30 years and she doesn't age and she's got to find this magic key. And, and she's not finding it. It's and hard she's to not make a finding... story go forward when your character doesn't do the thing. Exactly. And then uh, I believe it was last issue we saw a rival got introduced and who another little girl who is the opposite of Gert, where Gert is all negativity and cursing and, and, and anger. This little girl was all rainbows and sunshine and she was finding it. And then sure enough, this issue the the other girl finds the key and is uh, about to walk out when Gert uh, uh, appears and finds out that she's tapped into some dark magic and wrecks the place <laughs> and, and I thought the ending had a great twist and and, and yeah. opened, opened the door for more stories in this world and I was just really really satisfied to see Scotty just like like absolutely nail the ending of the first arc like really well yeah. well done true yep. so uh, yeah, and, and, and it just and the there's a couple of double page spreads in here that were just awesome, and it just like you know it's all that all that you know Scotty Young cartooning, you know re, you know, and the colors you know the by by uh, Belu are are just you bon know dia. like Belu whatever are just a bon uh, are, are are neon and bright and pastel and just like a, a great compliment to the to the uh, kind of scratchy cartooning of Scotty. Um, this has just been a blast, and I'm glad to see the first arc ship on time. It was never late. It was you know it's very very well done. So Scotty deserves a round of applause, I think, on this one. So. Yeah, it's good. It's good ending. You, you can't you can't ask for more than that. But it's not ending. No, it's not. No, they keep was, on going. Because so. what he said was that this was you know he said if if for some reason it didn't sell, sure, right. okay, uh, then uh, <laughs> this guy gets a, a two hundred thousand variant covers for Christ's sakes. Uh, if it if it hadn't sold, then this would be the end of it, issue five. But if it did and it did, uh, then he'd keep going. So you know there'll be more. And obviously yeah. he set himself up to do more stories of a right. different. Yeah, and, and it's a and it's a great setup. It's a great moment. You know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're talking about we're we're talking about uh, Astro City again. I feel like I'm uh, always constantly saying, "Whoa, this is my favorite issue in a while." This is my favorite well, issue in a while. I, the I, great thing about the great thing about this issue um, was so this this is the first issue of a new arc that's focused on Steeljack, who is a classic original Steeljack. OG OG Astro City character. And like I read this and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is what I'm talking about." Well, starting this, with the really really stellar cover. Yeah, from Alex Ross, who Josh was just lambasting last week. I don't think I started that. It was um, me. I think I was. I, I was. I have a problem with his Avengers covers, but on Astro City, totally fits. Totally like, fits. It's, it's not right without. It, it's not right without him. Yeah, totally so. stellar cover. Um, this this I love Steeljack because he's he's got the Robert Mitchum face. He's the sad yep. sack, you know, guy who he he's ultimately a good guy, but keeps falling into bad situations. Um, sort of gray character in the world and. This is this was just wonderful. Really great character work here. I had yeah. I had forgotten about Steeljack. Like I just hadn't thought about him, and so I started. I was like, "All right, this guy, cool." <laughs> and 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 not o- not only that, but it's it's like it's like it picks up. So he's you know for those who don't know about Steeljack, if you didn't read the original Astro City storyline with him, you know he was a um, he's a sad sack guy who was on the wrong side of the law, went to prison, you know, then got out, and and like when we were last left off, he was just trying to do good in the world, and now we pick up, and he's got a PI license, and he helps the city out, like he does some underwater salvage, um, like he's just trying to be, you know, he's just trying to get by and stay out of trouble. 
And then sure enough, trouble comes finding him, and he's got a hat, he's got a fedora, and well, he's it's just got, like, he gets PI license, and so trouble finds him in the form of a dame in his door in the classic yep. PI tradition, and it. But he's got some history with her. Turns out his old partner, and and uh, there's a lot of. A little near nudity in this one for for Asher City. Book. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. I did not. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is a little edgy. Uh, but, uh, I'm used to it in this book because it it's this is what it looks like. Bran Anderson draws weird bodies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine because it's totally it's this, the norm for this. But some of the pages, I'm like, that's a weird body you got there. Okay, yeah. we'll this is this is great, great PI story. You know, the classic sort of you know sort of the Humphrey Bogart. Let's make this the Humphrey Bogart episode. The Humphrey Bogart-esque yeah. character living in the gray. Every time you say you can't go home again, I think of this book, and I'm just like, well, I guess. You well, can't. that's the funny thing is because like I feel like I've been railing a lot, and especially with like the Marvel, we're we're going to talk about some of the the DC news later in this episode, and um, but you know, kind of railing on the the um, rehashing or revisiting or kind of just re, you know like I want new ideas and things like that, but for some reason, Asher City, like yes, this is revisit, this is bringing back a character he's already done before, but oh, I I didn't get enough last time. It's like, like a warm blanket. Yeah, it's exactly. Like a warm blanket. It's like a warm blanket. Yeah. <laughs> Astro City. It's like a warm blanket. Connor Kilpatrick. I can't <laughs> I will uh, gladly have that's, that on a cover. I, that's yeah. totally valid. Yep, yep. So. In the best possible way. So now, Ron. Yes. They did it. They did do it. They fucked with our boy, Huck. Huck number they four. They did. I knew it was coming. Last time that we were worried. We just don't want anything bad to happen to the sweet, sweet man. It wasn't what we thought was going to do it, though. No, well, I, I, I had an inkling throughout this issue. Oh yeah, no, no. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, my first thought on this is that I associate Raphael Albuquerque so much with American Vampire that the first sequence where we see his yes. flashback to his mother uh, escaping from her prison and being chased by the Soviet soldiers in Siberia in 1981, <coughs> I thought she was a vampire. I had that just I had because that uh, I so closely associate that kind of action sequence with American Vampire. Yeah. But uh, so here, as we saw last month, his Huck's brother has shown up to claim him and go help find their mother and it uh, turns out that he's actually not Huck's brother but uh, uh. spoiler um, but still I love the sequence in the middle where they're on their way but he keeps stopping to help people yep. Yep. and the brother's like come on man and he's like and ducks oh, gotta fuck out of, the ducks are crossing not just the road. people he's helping ducks ducks and animals and giraffe you have to extend that to animals who need help I mean that's whew. <laughs> that's gonna take a while so this now we're really getting into it now you know Dr. Uh, uh, Hugo Strange has apparently kidnapped him. And uh, this is just, I just love this book. Yeah. I think it's good that Albuquerque came to prominence on a vampire book because he draws everything he draws looks like vampires now. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the evil brother or whatever. I don't know who he actually is. Uh, like he gives like a big smile at one point. And it, you know, it looks like Skinner Sweet. Yeah. You know, he's got, you know, he's, his vicious smile. Yeah. And then the background, like you just see the eyes of the of the the scientist who who was spurned in his sort of uh, colored glasses like lobster johnson and so that's another vampire because he drew so many different kinds of vampires in the other book and their mother uh, even looks like pearl a little bit she very much does yeah um but that's fine it's just funny that's how much i love yep. loved him on that book so i, I forget do we know how long this is going to be uh, it's Miller. Because if yeah, if it's Miller, there's like maybe one or two more issues, and then we're done. Too. So it's just like like where's it going to go from here? You know, so that's that, that's where I was left off reading it. I think as I as I finished the issue, I was like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> if only there was some page that could ask me that question. Yeah, if there's a page that said, <laughs> want to know more? I like I like that. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't mind that because I thought, oh no, no. And then I was looking at it, and I realized that those pages tell you to read the next issue. It's yes. like well, they're numbered, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys don't walk down to me, Page? Did you see the uh, the back page art for uh, Empress for Miller and Stuart Eminem? Yeah. Yep. Come on, Eminem. Stop it. <laughs> it's his, not fair. his name's gonna come up again later in the episode, probably. Uh, I assume. Come on. All right. Well, until then, I'm going to take a quick moment to uh, let you know how you can help support iFanboy. If you want to go to iFanboy.com support, there are several ways you can help uh, keep the iFanboy train going. Uh, you can uh, click on the link to go shop at Amazon. You know, you, you like to buy comics, graphic novels, DVDs, video games. You can do it all at Amazon. Use the link on that page. We get a little cut of your sale. It doesn't come out of your pocket. It comes out of Amazon's pocket. Everyone, everyone wins. It's, it's simple. It's easy. And we thank everybody who uses that. Um, if you would like to uh, support us in a more direct manner and you don't really want to involve Amazon in the, in the transaction, uh, you can go to ifanboy.com support where you can sign up for a membership at $3 a month or $30 a year. And uh, you're able to uh, directly support iFanboy. And we thank you. know you are, The members are the ones who keep us going. And you guys are our favorites. And so thank you very much for that. Um, if you don't want a recurring uh, payment, uh, you can do a one-time donation, and in fact, once again, just this just this morning, I I got the alert from PayPal. Someone donated a, a, a large sum of money, uh, and so was we want to thank. Was it a crazy billionaire? It was not a crazy billionaire. It was a crazy hundredaire. Let's say that. Was it a crazy uh, Xbox <laughs> loving billionaire? <laughs> no, I wish. No, but I'll it was play, a very, I'll play very Xbox with that guy. <laughs> it was a it was a very very generous uh, member of the iFanboy Nation. Thank you, thank so, you very much. Th- thank you for doing that. So uh, you can click on the link there. You can do a direct donation via PayPal, um, and we appreciate everybody who has done that. So uh, yep. So is there you go. So commandant, we thank we thank you for your support. So <laughs> one commandant. <laughs> So, all right, moving on. Uh, I read Snowfall number one from Image Comics um, from Joe Harris and uh, Martin Morazzo or Martin. It's got one of those same, accents, same so. team, the same team from Great Pacific. Yeah, which I tried. It's a similar sort of idea because Great Pacific is about the, the garbage squirrel, right? More or less. Uh, yeah, yeah, the garbage yeah. pile. Yeah. Well, yeah. this one's about, about the, the global warming. And then there's no snow anymore, and the world's all baked and screwed up, yep. and now it's controlled by corporations. Sort of a pastiche of those kind of ideas. Yep. Um, so as I was reading through it, I was kind of like, all right, it's, the, it's like this kind of stuff. But it was, there was something to it I like. I'm not, I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for another one. Uh, Joe Harris to- obviously has a point of view as a writer um, when you're sort of going through these sort of environmental slash political books. Um, there's probably better ones out there. You know, like yeah. I think, I think we think of DMZ or something like that. That's that tended to do it a little better uh, in this sort of world, or even um, Lazarus, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, but I'm I was giving it a shot. So if you like that kind of thing, this is a book that exists. <laughs> Josh Flanagan, I fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book that exists. No, no, no. The whole sentence. If you like that kind of thing, <laughs> comma, this is a book that exists. Josh Flanagan, I fanboy. A PR well, force to be reckoned with. I'm here. writing all these down and I'm submitting them to the companies. Just so you know. not always going to get effusive praise, but. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. It's just, it. I want people to know. If you like this sort of thing, this exists. Also, there's a weather wizard. <laughs> weather wizard. All right. So, um, are, did you, either of you guys pick up or check out American Monster at all? No. 
I think you might want to. So this is this is from that new publisher, uh, Aftershock Comics, that uh, Mike Martz uh, left uh, Marvel to go be the editor in chief of. Uh, and this is uh, written by Brian Azzarello with art by Wando. Uh, the fir- the first issue came out, and I can't remember if I I think I think the first issue came like- out. And I, I bought it af- the week after it came out, like so I didn't get to talk about it on the show. But this week, the second issue came out, and I picked that up. Um, and this is, I mean, uh, it's you know, it's it's kind of typical Azarello in that it's kind of gritty, violent. You're not quite sure what's going on. You get introduced to a bunch of different characters, and you see some kind of uh, there's a couple of guys with the Nazi SS tattoos on their back, but you don't know how they're related. Um, one guy looks all burned, or looks kind of like a monster, and you know the police are looking into it. So it's, it's very kind of you know it takes. Place in in you get the sense it takes place in the Midwest or the South, um, but not quite sure what's going on. Uh, but the art by Wando is just delightful. It's, it's just like it's it's really really good, like clean line, um, you know, and a lot of uh, blacks and reds and shading in, in terms of the art, like in terms of the look and feel of it. Um, just a really nice package. Really really impressed by it. So uh, I would say if you're looking for something new, um, and if you like the Azarello, uh, this is this is of the of the caliber of 100 Bullets and all that sort of stuff. At least from the first two issues, um, you know, I'm intrigued. Just I'm intrigued as to where it's going. So I'm going to keep reading it. So. The thing about an Azarello is the first two issues aren't where you'll lose. You. Yeah, yeah. It's like and seven, eight on through the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, but so far two issues in, and I'm not lost. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how the people are tied, and you know, you get the sense of peril. Um, but it, it uh, I'm definitely like, there's enough there to, there's enough there to hold on to, and to, uh, to kind of, uh, uh, you know, make me want to read, you know, keep reading it. So, and 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 uh, for the Wando art, art alone, like I was really impressed by Wando. So. Speaking of one guy making a book, uh, if there was, if there were any other books that John Workman lettered this week, I'd like to hear about them. <laughs> Superman, American Alien, number four of seven. We've been talking about this miniseries a lot. This is from Max Landis and a group of artists. This one is Jay Lee. If you're not going to talk about the lettering, then I'm just going to walk away for a little bit. Uh, well, I will talk about how gorgeous the title page is. The, the Fair enough. The lettering on the title page is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, this issue is notable because young Clark Kent... He's a, still a university student, goes to Metropolis, gets his car stolen immediately because he's a rube, and uh, goes to cover Lex Luthor, Oliver Queen, Bruce Wayne, Summit. And this now we're starting to get into the mythos. He runs into inexplicably Asian Lois Lane. And then, <laughs> uh, so you get a, but then you get nice sequences with Oliver Queen, who he, he met at the party boat earlier. And then yep. you, Yeah, a reference to the party boat. Yeah, and then a real, I thought a really great... Uh, Lex Luthor sequence. I thought the, yeah. I thought Max Landis writes a wonderful Lex Luthor. It's true. And my favorite bit is that uh, he is finally leaving LexCorp and runs past the daycare center and finds a uh, sullen but cool younger Dick Grayson character and has a f- I, fun conversation. I read there. that and I thought, oh, Connor's going to love this. Also, he did not walk past it. He was dropped off there by Lex as a bit yeah. of a, a bit of an fu. Right. Well, well, he's he's leaving. He's not going to go into it. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about the, the about DC has always been the Robin Superman relationship because it's different than the Robin Batman one, Batman mm-hmm. Superman one, and so I like I like that Dick sizes him up pretty pretty quickly. You know, you're you, you're you're actually much taller than you, you look like you are, and they go get pizza. Uh, which is fun, and then, you know. Well, and I li- and I liked how I like there was the there was the one page where D- you see inside the inside the Dick's thoughts inside Dick's head, um, basically breaking down. 
you know, who Clark is. Keep it together, know. Flanagan. Sorry. Keep it together. Um, you know, like saying like car keys in his pocket, but it, but it looks like he walked. Oh, car stolen. Okay. Like, like basically seeing the young detective at work, yeah. um, which was really, really interesting, I thought. So. Second class clothes, um, secondhand clothes, middle class. Yep. Why is he here? Yep. Um, good stuff. And then very quick, very, very quickly you get a Batman appearance at the end. And I thought, nice. I thought that was a really nice, that was really well done. Yeah. It was an, it was a nice first meeting between Batman and Superman. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> Superman fucks him up. Yeah, also, pretty much. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, he goes back and forth though. Like I like that there's like he snuck up on him, which is a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. So the, so basically, at two pages in a row with a huge action to start the page. Yeah. And I was that was that's that's the right way to do a comic book. I also liked the uh, Batman t- trying many different things to loosen his grip. He he zaps him, he sprays him, he blows something up in his face, and nothing happens. Yep. Um. I, I thought the cover like was really bad, though. They should, I mean, they really had a chance to, you know. Well, I thought, I, I, on top of that, I mean, I thought the, uh, yeah, and I agree, the cover wasn't the greatest. When the when the issue first started, I looked several times, I'm like, wait, is this Jay Lee? Like, this is Jay Lee, right? Like, yeah. it was very, it was very Tim Sale, loose yeah, kind of first cartooning. Yeah, especially, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not I was just like. complaining about it. And no, no, and so like when, at first I was like, oh well, because I'm used to Jay Lee. Like, remember that the Osmandius, you know, Watchmen series that was like in, in, intricately done and like those those very thin lines Jay Lee does. And and so I immediately uh, the, my first reaction was, oh, somebody phoned this in. But then as the issue went along, by the end of the issue with the Batman Superman kind of uh, meeting, I was just like, oh, this is great. Like it was really like really loosened up from those super super stiff compositions. Yep. And and not everything was like you know like. It was like a Kubrick movie before. Everything was stuck in the middle, and it was very not fluid. And, and this felt more like a regular comic book, and I think it served him really well. Yeah. Um, also, I really like the the New Frontier era Batman uh, suit costume. Yeah, yeah. a this lot. Is a, this is one of the best. This is a, my one issue that I didn't like aside. This is actually turning out to be a really fantastic miniseries. Yeah, and that's pretty good. Um, I'm curious, Josh. Uh, who is the Silver Server? <laughs> is that some sort? Is that some sort of cosmic waiter? If you go to the Cheesecake Factory and you get your card punched <laughs> 25 times, you get the silver server. And they spell it with a U because of contract issues. But it's a, it's a copyright thing. But uh, I don't know. I love those. Uh, or is that a typo in the script and you meant to say silver surfer? You're one blowing airtime here. So whatever. <laughs> I love Silver Surfer number two. This was great. Again. I almost had a perfect script so far. I wanted to talk about it because, uh, <laughs> as I mentioned in the last series, uh, Silver Surfer and Don Greenwood, his companion, were out in the, the universe when Secret Wars happened. So it happened around them. They weren't actually affected by it. Yep. So in this issue, he realizes he needs help because there's this giant invasion coming. So he goes to the Baxter building and they're, oh, no, the Fantastic Four are gone. They don't, they're not here anymore. He goes to the Avengers mansion. Oh, no, the Avengers aren't here either. And he's like, what happened? Yeah, and, and like there's even there's even literally a panel where he says it's like it's like the universe fell apart and someone put it together wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I enjoyed that little meta commentary. But, yeah, um, it's it very funny, and I also liked how uh, impatient he got by just hanging out at his girlfriend's parents. Oh yeah, it's like, I gotta get out and of here. Like, and like he, like he wakes up in the morning and then I guess her dad or whoever that guy's is like, yeah. oh. Just in time for bacon, and he's like, "Oh, more bacon." <laughs> he's, like, is he, he's like, "Is it customary that we cannot leave until we eat the entire Earth pig?" Like, <laughs> yeah, he's sick of eggs and bacon in the morning. He's a, he's got to get out. He's a he's a Rolling Stone. I like yep. the board, and I like how the board uh, uses reflections to emote. Yep. Um, I like I like everything about this book. 
And I, I like the I like the, so they go to visit Alicia Matt, so they can't there's no so he goes to the Baxter building to find Fantastic Four finds that it's Parker Industries he goes to the Avengers Mansion mansion which apparently is now a hotel like a theme hotel yeah. um, you know so he's just trying to find somebody that he knows so he goes and finds Alicia Masters and of course his girlfriend is just like oh there's another woman that you used to fly around the universe with and, 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 and sculpts you and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> your body is very accurate she's blind so how did she do that. Yeah, um, so I, I like the little bit of jealousy between uh, the girlfriend and Alicia. I thought that was good. So, yeah, this is great. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. Um, all right, cool. And then to wrap things up, uh, we're gonna take a quick step over to Star Wars Corner for Star Wars number sixteen. Um, and this is the the first issue of the new story arc, which I believe is called Rebel Prison. Hmm. Which, which Rebel I, Prison with. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really I was like oh awesome, um, but basically so they after coming out of the the uh, the events of Josh what was the last storyline we read? Um, Vader down, Vader down. So I completely so the, blanked. I was like I don't know. So the the uh, the the uh, coming out of Vader down, uh, the rebels have captured the uh, Doctor Asfra, the the woman who was helping Vader, and I it's Afra. I don't think there's an S in there. <laughs> Look, just can't help it. Asgard, Asfra. It's Afra. It's not Afra. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, so um, uh, and so Leia is bringing her to a secret rebel prison that is uh, that floats outside of a star, and uh, and then there's a rescue attempt to try to break her out, and you know, just very very you know, n- n- new ideas that I've never seen before in the Star Wars universe. Uh, new uh, penciler is Lanil Yu, uh, which to be new honest, new to this issue. Well, new, new, yeah, new, new to this arc, at least new to the series. He's you know, like, and uh, honestly, Lanil Yu, I think he's great, not for Star Wars though. Um, that's just me, though. So it, it had a feeling like it was something other than the main Star Wars book. Yes, exactly. Even though it featured Princess Leia, Han Solo, and and uh, Luke, Luke, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah. Yep. Josh, is this prison like Andersonville? Uh, well, that wasn't in a sun. Well, it was in Florida. <laughs> so uh, I don't know yet. I need to learn. I guess we need to learn more. It's run by the. It's run by. There's a whole thing in here about. You know, uh, Santa says, "You know, we have to, we have to, we we should just kill her." And, and she's she says, "Well," and Leia's like, "We're not, we're not going to act like that." And she's like, "The Empire is like that." And he's like, "That's not why we're not the Empire." So I'm yeah. going to assume it's not like Andersonville, unless she finds herself shocked. Sure, we'll that could out. that could be, but that's where we are now. All right, there was a little extra war corner there. So there you go, war corner in Star Wars corner, Star Wars war corner. Well, it's Star Wars corner. It's a it's a sub right. sub corner of War Corner. I was gonna say, is that a cor- a corner in a corner? Yeah. Is that, a, is that, that does that work? It's like a square know. in a rhombus. Yeah. Geometry yeah. insanity. So, <laughs> so those are the books we're gonna talk about this week. Go to ifanboy.com and you can find a post for this show, and you can talk about these books or other books you read this week uh, over at ifanboy.com. And now, last week we had an email asking us to eulogize New Fifty Two, and uh, we talked a little bit about that. We said we would talk about DC Rebirth when the announcement was made, and they were very helpful in doing their announcement this week, so soon after that. Or at least Thank you. starting the announcement. So this week uh, at Comics Pro, the retailer conference in Portland, Oregon, DC unveiled a short video by Jeff Johns explaining in very broad strokes what DC Universe Rebirth is. Well, and, and also re- recapping Green Lantern Rebirth and Flash Rebirth in case you didn't read them. <laughs> well, it was important that he did that because that's the ethos they're taking with yeah. DC Rebirth, supposedly. Yeah, and we don't really have the details yet, but uh, they're taking the the rebirth 
thing, the process in which Jeff Johns drilled down to the core of those characters and brought them back with his Rebirth miniseries and supposedly applying that to the whole universe as itself. And I, I have to admit I got excited at the end of it. Did you get a little weepy? No, but I was really excited because I do love those two Rebirth miniseries so much. They did save those two characters. Green Lantern was a, the whole world was a mess before that, and and Flash needed fixing, and they brought those guys back to the to their core. And one thing we've always said about Jeff Johns is that he's very good at finding the core of those these characters and doing them in a modern way. And I, if that's what their plan is, then good. Now. Now, but the, the question is that can they apply that across the entire line? Because that was my immediate thought was that so you've got what I thought was interesting coming out of this is that you've got Jeff Johns stepping up to now be the face of, of DC. There's no DiDio, no Jim Lee, no nothing like that. Jeff Johns talking about what he did on Green Lantern Rebirth. Jeff Johns talking about what he did on Flash Rebirth. And then Jeff Johns saying what how much he loves DC Comics and what he wants to bring to it and what, what DC Universe Rebirth will do. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm confident that Jeff Johns can do something great, right? Uh, but whether or not the whole this is the saving grace for the entire line, but wasn't I don't making know. him the was the CCO? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that the point. Well, he's CCO of DC Entertainment, which he's yeah. doing all the TV all stuff right. and the movie stuff. Um, yeah. Well, that's going great. What's he wasting his time on the comics for? Well, yeah, because the comics them. are yeah, I know. and they're I know. dying. Uh, so <laughs> the two the two questions coming out of that's great. He's not writing all the books, so. Right. Who's going to do that? We don't know yet. They're going to announce the creative teams at WonderCon. The guess Keith Giffen. The, the <laughs> only creative exclusives we, we heard were, were Tom King, Clay Mann, John Tim, and we heard a Sam Humphreys rumor. Yeah, um, um, which Tom, is pretty. Uh, which which I've heard several confirmations of. So well, Tom King's a great choice. I think he's he's one of the more exciting new writers coming around right now. Sub sub note sub note on that that with the news of this, he announced that issue twelve will be the last his last issue on the Vision. So. Which he said was the, the natural conclusion. That, that book wouldn't go more than 12 issues anyway. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but I think he's, he's the best new writer coming around right now, so that's a good get by DC. Clay okay. Man, John Tim, fine. I mean, yep. the, they, the, the, on the whole, that announcement didn't excite me beyond Tom King. Um, so the real question is, who are they going to announce at WonderCon if it's the same names as before? Then I will, all and, my enthusiasm and, goes out the window again. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're hearing, you know, I, I'm, I'm hearing Pete Tomasi. I'm hearing, you know, like the the same people, unfortunately, you know, like who I, I nothing against Pete Tomasi, but I mean, it just, I don't, I don't get the sense that there's going to be any real major seismic shift in terms of the creators. I'm excited to see, if, you know, what Sam Humphreys could do, what Tom King will continue to do, um, but I imagine you're going to get a lot of the same people on the rest of the books. And then so. when they announced the titles. I was like, well, these are the same titles. So, yeah. like, you know, well, Red, I, Red Hood and the Outlaws and Gotham Academy and... Um, well, some, stuff, that, got, some know, stuff some stuff got cut. Some stuff, I mean... Sure, but for the most part, it's the same books as yeah. previous. And it's just like, well, when they added... They cut some stuff and they added some new books. You know, there's some ones we definitely don't know about, like Super Sons, the Super Dash Man, uh, you know, <laughs> Super Woman. Like, who are all these people we don't know? But, like, there was a lot of talk about just society... Being a book, and in the, in the video itself, he mentions Justice Society. There's no Justice Society book. There's an Earth Two book. Right. Does that mean they're still going to be on Earth Two, separate from the rest of the world? Like, I don't know yet. I'm I'm very willing to be. I'm ex- I'm very willing to be excited about this. But it after the video, I came off of a high, going, "All right, this is great. They're going to recapture that magic that's been lost." I looked at the list of books, and I was like, "Well, these are all the books I don't like anyway." So. Right. 
And and uh, the, I mean the the other interesting thing about uh, I think the most important note of it is that you're seeing. Uh, you know, canceling of a lot of books and books like Omega Men and books like, you know, books that were on the bubble. Although apparently Pre- Prez is coming back in October, which is great for us. I mean, like, we love, we love that book. But, um, you know, so the, uh, book. Yeah, that's, is, is, is that, is that confirmed? Or? No, it should. It should. Yeah, agreed. But, um, uh, but what you're seeing is that with the cancellation of a lot of multiple titles, and so it'd be going from you know 52 titles down to like 36 or something like that, and a large number of them going to the Marvel double shipping model. Yeah, and but so, it seems like half of them are going to be shipping. shipping yeah, exactly, twice a month. And, and like, and at least, and at least they're going to be two ninety nine shipping twice a month. But still, you're going to have, you know, double shipping for a large, an increased number of DC titles. Well, what what happened to DC is that Marvel outflanked them pretty hard on the shipping. Yeah, it's it's like uh, they brought a knife to a gunfight, and so Marvel's the whole point of the double shipping is, in case no one knows, is to gain market shares, to put more product out there. Yeah, and it worked. They doubled DC's profit, I mean market share. So now DC is fighting back, and it's. I don't like the double shipping, for either company. But if they're gonna, if everyone's, if Marvel's gonna do it, then. DC kind of has, has to do it too. They yeah. should have a meeting like under a shady bridge somewhere and be like, "Okay, you stop." I know that's collusion and illegal, but they should stop. Is what I'm saying. Well, right, they won't. They're not going they're, to. They're not so they might as well. Yeah. DC has to fight back some way. I mean, that's, I how, you, that's how you fight Capone. Is you know, you put one of his in the morgue. So uh, it's tough. Wow, that just got that got heavy. Um, I just watched Untouchables <laughs> the other day. By the way, that statement is never not true from Connor. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, do I really need Aquaman twice a month? No. You know, do, right. do I need uh, two Cyborg twice a month? No. Right. It was, you know, not enough people bought it monthly as it was, but we'll see. I'm just glad that they're going to finally, finally uh, do another Hellblazer number one. No, this because is not Hellblazer, Josh. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, but we do. You, 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 there is a Blue Beetle number one in there. Are we going to get more Ted Cord? Well, he was uh, in the video with with uh, Jaime. Yep, along with the Titans. I mean, you're getting some classic stuff back. Um, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, the, the new doo-wop group on the street. Cork. The Super. <laughs> Man, <laughs> so we haven't also touched on that they're they're bringing action and detective back to their old numbering. Of course they are. Um, they're you know nine action nine fifty seven detective nine thirty four, yeah. which uh, you know do it all do all of them or none of them really. <laughs> Not, just, they're just doing the two and, and and but here's the deal though you know why they're doing that because right? they're going to issue a thousand in two years. exactly so they can make a big deal about issue thousand in two years or whatever it is so it's like I mean I don't know it's it's blah 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 I think I, I think it's it, it is interesting that the, the main book that kicks all this off is an eighty page book for two ninety nine that's coming out in May DC Universe Rebirth, Rebirth written by Jeff Johns but like with his stable of dudes yes uh, you know Phil Jimenez Ivan Reese and Gray Frank. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, Jeff's like, I'll do it, but only if I get to use my guys, right? <laughs> um, I, I'll, be that, cur- I'll be curious to see what the angle is. Yeah. Is that good, or is it going to feel like an also-ran? We don't, what do you mean? I don't know. I mean, I mean Green, Green Lantern and Flash were that, great. But... I mean, Green Lantern Rebirth and Flash Rebirth were great. I know, but that was also nine years ago. Yeah. Like, do you want to go back and do that same thing again? Like, is I, that... yes, yes, I do. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because Jeff revealed the first line of DC Universe Rebirth in the video, which was the narrator stating, I love this world, but there's something missing. Which is such an indictment yeah, no, of what really they've is. done for the last five years or however yeah. long it's been. It's, 
it's almost shocking that they they, they let that in there. Yeah. Um, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So like you kind of like you mentioned, they're gonna announce all the creative teams at WonderCon on March twenty sixth. And for those of you not going to WonderCon, they're gonna be streaming it live on their on the, uh, DC's YouTube channel. Um, so like they're making a big deal out of this. I mean like they've got I mean they've got to go big or go home. I feel like if they are doing this big event and they're streaming it live, they can't just be announcing the same old creative teams from the last five years. They can't. Yeah. yeah. Um, they will. But that's the thing. So my two now I don't want to be too down on it. I was super excited. I showed everybody the video. I was like, this is great. I feel good about this. Everybody, you're in the deli. You're like, have you seen this video? <laughs> um, but, I went to uh, show the guy in the paint section. So the two, the two gates were, are going to be what are the creative teams and then obviously reading the first issues of all these books. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be as positive as possible because I desperately need this to work. I need it. Yeah. Um, I hope it does. I hope that, that they get back. And the thing about Rebirth is those were reboots. I mean, they were. They were reboots. They just brought everybody back that was dead. And they said, "Just don't worry about it." And they're, they weren't called reboots, but they were. They're, they're comic book reboots. Well, I, I feel like I mean, Jeff explained the. I, I feel like he, the the, re, the Green Lantern and Flash rebirths were reboots, but they also added to the characters. And like 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 with Flash, it like basically what we're watching on TV right now with the Flash is Flash Rebirth. It came out of Flash Rebirth. I mean, they introduced the whole, you know, what happened to his mom and yep. all that sort of stuff. I mean, like they were pretty, you know, pretty. And then Green Lantern Rebirth kicked off, you know, what was what? A great run of comics. A, a five years, years of, of glorious Green Lantern books, you know, that – you know, that unfortunately got out of hand with the, with all the rainbows of the of the of the, the lanterns. But um, uh, you know, but there, you know, that's that whole remember the the Sinestro, my oh. my dream. You know, like yeah. oh, that was yeah, was just, those are those are great periods. So I mean, like he, Jeff's done it before, but I just want I Jeff can't write every book. That's right, all. That's, that's so. the thing. That's the yep. that's the worry. The, 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 these are reboots that are happening while the train's still rolling. The things right. just, things just get tweaked, tweaked, tweaked until they are changed from what they were before. It's like yeah. when Mark Wade brought Captain America back from the dead. They just said, "Don't worry about it. He's alive again." Yeah. Without you know rebooting the whole world. So I mean, it, it feels like this is a soft reboot for sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out though. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting the next couple of weeks. I mean, the next couple of months. Right. Um, That's for sure. So we'll stay tuned. So so I guess the next te- uh, about a month from a little over a month from now we'll find out the creative teams, and then it all starts in May, and then our, our, and then in come in June. Are, are, are we going to do what we did for the 52 and read everything? I am. I'll do it. All right. You and me. All right. I'll be about as quiet as I was during this. <laughs> I'll give it a shot, too. I mean, no, I don't need not? it. I don't Ratings. Need it. I don't, ratings. 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 I don't need it as much as you need it, Connor, but I do want, like, I, there, there's a little bit of that DC world that I want to be good. You want the Flash and, again. You want Justice yeah. Society again. And also, from a larger perspective, the comics industry is healthier when the Marvel and DC are both healthy. Yeah, I mean, like seeing the seeing the market share numbers come out and seeing Marvel like knocking on fifty percent of like that's dangerous. Like last time, honestly, last time that happened, everything fell apart. Yeah, you, um, it's, it's so. just, you need both of them to work. Yeah, that, that's going to be a very March twenty sixth. That could be a very interesting weekend for DC because not only is that the announcement of the creative teams, that's the weekend that DC, Batman vs Superman comes out. Yep. So oh, that wow. could be either a really great weekend for DC or that's the weekend we put on the tombstone as the as their final weekend. Yep. Wow. Um, so we'll see. Interesting stuff. So right. exciting times. DC Rebirth. If we get, when we get more information, if anything's really, maybe if the creative, eh, maybe we'll talk about it again when the creative teams, the creative teams are announced. I hope there's a good book to read in there. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, you, you're a Tom King fan, right? So. Yeah. But I go. haven't loved everything he's done. Yeah. 
well, he can't write everything either. So. I tried really hard to read Omega Men. And I was like, I, th- I think this is good. I well, just- Grayson's been great. And if the rumors are true that he's writing Batman, then I'm really excited yeah. for that. Grayson, yeah. Grayson has been good. I, I haven't read all of them, but the ones that I've read, and even without having read all of them, were, I was like, oh, these are enjoyable because and hey, it's the character. The rumor as of today coming out of Comics Pro is that uh, Suicide Squad penciled by Jim Lee. Because, you know, that movie's coming out, so Jim Lee's – he can smell the blood in the water. <laughs> I think – well, I mean the subheadline there, the thing you don't want to ignore though is that he's putting a lot of anchors to work there. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> getting a lot of people jobs, you know, nine, ten anchors. He's that a job creator. Going to be able – exactly. They're going to be able to eat that month. Yep. No. <laughs> Oh gosh! All right, so we're skipping the audience questions because we we uh, talked a lot about uh, DC Rebirth. But uh, if you want to send us an email, if you've got thoughts on the announcement from this week, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Don't forget to tell us who you are and where you're from. Yeah, we'll do a bunch more emails next week. We'll, we'll yeah. carve out a good 10, 15 minutes for that. So, all right, don't forget to listen to our Deadpool special edition podcast, which Ron and I recorded last week. It was on the feed two back. We released it right before the last show, so you may have missed it if you watched Deadpool as. Seemingly the entire uh, population of America and Canada did. <laughs> then uh, give a listen to the Deadpool special edition show. We both, spoiler alert, we both loved it. Yeah. Great stuff. Good, Good stuff. stuff. Good stuff. And if you like what we babble about, uh, you can listen to our sister podcast over at Goodfellas Minute uh, at goodfellowsminute.com where we are analyzing the, the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one minute at a time and having a blast doing it. Um, we've got some great shows. We're coming towards the end. There's only about... 25 or so minutes left to go so uh uh you can there's still and the thing is they will all still be there it's going to be this great little moment in time you can go back and start listening at any time uh and if you enjoy martin scorsese film gangster movies uh us talking about music film all that fun stuff some great guests uh if you haven't tuned into it go to goodfellowsminute.com and check that out today so yeah you yes me it says me i know you just felt like it was. I just felt naturally. I was like, "This is my time." And you, then I was like, nope. It's my time, right here, down there. Why don't you do it, Josh? Okay, you can go to ifanboy.com. You can comment on this episode. You can tell us what you think about the DC rebirth. I just, I just almost used the wrong word there. Um, and you can talk about this week's book and the other stuff we did and what you liked. If you liked Power Man and Iron Fist, which we talked about way back in the beginning of this show. Um, and you can follow us on Facebook.com slash iFanboy or at iFanboy on Twitter. And, of course, is our personal accounts, J.A. Flanagan, C.S. Kilpatrick, C.S. Kilpatrick, and Ron XO. And if you like this show, uh, you can write a review in iTunes. Go over there, rate the show, write your review. You could do that for our other podcast or any podcast you really like. That's sort of the uh, that's the algorithm king. Also, just download them over and over again. You could do that too. Don't do that. That's that just at wastes bandwidth. Is that a thing we have to worry about? Like conserving bandwidth? I don't know. <laughs> I, really. I enjoy just listening to Josh spin out. Tell other people about the show. We've, I've been seeing that a lot more since we've been bringing it up. I see on Twitter people recommending. Somebody says, hey, what podcast you listen to? And we always note and appreciate when people uh, say I fanboy. Um, because we think that we do a fine comic book podcast. Uh, so you do too. Let other people know that. And so they may enjoy it as well. And long may we reign. I don't, I don't know what that was. That was a spin out right there, right? Long may we reign. I like that. <laughs> All right. On that note, that's going to wrap it up for this week. So uh, thanks for listening. And until next week, uh, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm just going to be over here. Just long may we reign. Long may we reign. (laughs) 